You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. And this is uh, Gaonic literature, and I'm going to try to discover, uh, if I can, uh, where the Gaonim inserted themselves and altered or gave a different uh, perspective, or maybe just in a way created a, um, a liturgy and entrenched a liturgy that perhaps did not exist there earlier in before the Gaonim did. And, and what I'm talking about specifically is um, the uh, idea of Tachnu. Um, and, and where does this come from? And how did it get in the format that we have it? And, and what part did the Gaonim play was Tuba'ov. And Tuba'ov in this year, Tavshin Pebez, was on a Friday. It was on Friday. But the Baltzville and the Shul where I was davening uh, thought it was Tuba'ov on Thursday. So right after um, uh, the the Chazar the, Sashats occurred, Hamavorechas Amoy Yisroel Basholoim. So he got his Kadavis Gashverabo, the Omotibra Hus, Himik Mohuse, Hayhoyakanokaidovis, Soil Bagos, Mankoriv. Oh, stopped him, stop him, right? Right? <laughs> they stopped him. But what are you doing? What are you doing? So what did they do? They went back and said, Urahum, the Tachnun for Thursday. Now, I happened to have been out of the room at that time. Um, and when I came back, a number of the Tamid HaChomim of the Shul approached me and said, well, what do you think we should have done here? I said, I wasn't there. What happened? What we did was we stopped the Kaddish in the middle and we made sure that he said the Tachnum. But was that the right thing to do? One of the Tamid HaChomim felt, maybe not. Once we already started, perhaps, yeah, Tachnum can fall by the wayside. Well, I said, I'm not sure exactly. So this one of the Talmud Chachamim who was talking to me sent me this shuva from Rav Moshe Feinstein, and I want to start with here, and then I want to get back to Tachnun, and you'll see why. So here's a shayla that, that's in the Igros Moshe Chaylet Dalit, and you can see what the shayla was. In other words, it was as we're going to see. It was a it was a Friday night that was Yontif. And of course, the Baltvilla probably used the, the Yontif Nusach for his Mariv. And then what happened was he went straight into what he thought was going to be a Kaddish Tiskabel, forgetting that it was Friday night. So what happened? It was after they already had said, oh, we should have said it, we should have said what we call and and we should have said we should have said the So what he said, Rav Moshe said, was You were right. The Kaddish should have ended before you got to Tiskabel. When you got to, you should say Chatsi Kaddish and say. And that would have been a Kaddish, 
a Kaddish that shouldn't be said with Minag Ashkenaz at all. Kemosh Osen Bechol, Ramayisha says. Kemosh Shoimrim Chatsi Kaddish, Achar Shmene Esrei. Like on a day that you wouldn't say Tachnun, let's say on Friday, right? And when you say Tachnun, what happens? You you do say a Chatsi Kaddish after that Tachnun. Then after Kriyas HaTayra, you say another Chatsi Kaddish. Why? Why don't you say a Kaddish Tzkada, Rav Moshe asks. Because even though Shemun Esrei is over, because there's still something left. There's still a seder and tefillah that needs to be said, which as we know, which as we call, as the Rambam is going to explain to us and others, it's that section of Ashrei, we call Ashrei Valetzion, and the Psukim and the Kedusha de Sidra. Kedusha de Sidra, there was a takana, it should be part of davening. So therefore, that we only do a Chatzik Kaddish, and then we finally do the Kaddish Tzkabel afterwards, that the Seder Atfil is essentially over. Achinami, Rav Moshe says, in the case of the Friday night fumbler, Holy Nigmar Seder Atfilo. Seder Atfilo wasn't over. So therefore, of course, we're not going to say Tzkabel because we have to go back and say the Brocha Main Sheva. And here it's, of course, he has to go Oh, not say a Kaddish to Skabel, because the Kaddish was really wrong. He shouldn't have said a Kaddish on this Friday night. The Kaddish was itself a sort of Efsik, because it should have gone straight into the Brochamein Sheva. So therefore, the rabbi in that shul was right to say, okay, we're going to get to Darmina Bamabim Ruhamein. And now we're going to, from this point, let's go now say by Yehulu again. Now, Rabbi Moshe said, though, really, if you got up, in other words, even though you said, and people say, right? if you didn't get to where people have to say, Rabbi Moshe's Machadesh, that don't even finish. That you should actually stop immediately. As soon as you realize, I shouldn't be saying Kaddish now. So therefore, you should break off the Kaddish and get back to the normal tefillah. And he gets into whether, because he says, basically, the real answering in other words, if you if you get to the part that you that you basically export the community that's davening with you to answer, then you have to you can't you can't just erase the blackboard. But if you haven't gotten to the point that you've included everyone else where they need to answer my bad, I'm sorry, Kaddish was a mistake. Let's erase the Kaddish and just go and do what we have to do. Because once we get to that part where you get to Damiron Bioma Vimruamein, then there's a tefillah that everyone needs to add to your Kaddish, which is that the Shem Hashem should be great and that the, and, and, right? Now, but he says that even though it's true, you answer Amen, people do answer Amen after Yiskadal Vizkadash Shmei um, that's true, 
But the truth is, he says that really, you don't really, he's not sure if you be answering that Omen. He says, Why? Because the, because the phrase isn't finished yet. The, the, in other words, the, the complete sentence of Kaddish that demands the response of the Tzibor only occurs when you get to Bagol of Zman Karib, that should happen quick and soon, then you say, yes, Yehesh Rabba. And therefore, he says that he believes that if you're in the middle of Psuki de Zimra and you hear someone saying Kaddish, don't you answer Amen Yehesh Rabba, but don't answer Amen to Yisgadav Yisgadish Mei Rabba right in the beginning. Okay, so that is Rav Moshe's truth. So I asked the Talmud Chacham in, in question, I said, okay, what happened? How far did they get? They said they did not get to Yehishmei Rabbah, so therefore they felt they had done the right thing, canceling the Kaddish, so to speak, and then going back and saying the Monday, Thursday Tachna. Okay, that is what occurred. That is the truth of Ramosha that was used to justify what happened. Now, I was wondering though, Maybe Tachnun is different than Me'en Sheva. Me'en Sheva is a real Takonas Chazal to say. It's a Chazorus Hashatz for Mariv only for Friday night. And it's, it was essential. It's so entrenched that we don't knock it out. But maybe Tachnun is different. Is Tachnun really part of the Tfila HaKavua, like what Moshe says? Is there some way to say that maybe Tachnun, although it's in all the Sidurim and it's very long on Mondays and Thursdays, is it Tachnun perhaps meant to be primarily your opportunity to have private supplication? And it's meant to be private. It's meant to be what you want. It's not a Seder HaTfilah. And if it's not Seder HaTfilah, maybe once a Kaddish has started, well, that part of your private supplications which are, are really going to be pushed to the side. I remember the Chaza, I remember the statement from the Paiskim, although I, I, I wasn't able to discover it today yet, that says that when it comes to Tachnun, Bekal Mivatrina Tachnun that you are able to mimavatl tachnun easily. But hmm, that it, it really, really plums the, the nature of what tachnun is, what we call tachnun. And where, where does, that if one has individual needs and something that's very specific, that they have the right to add phrases in the Amida. In other words, the Amida has certain words that we know are printed in your Siddur or in your Nusach. But you definitely have the right to add things according to your particular situation, whether it's for refua, whether it's parnasa, right, or something like that, or, or, or many things in shamei tefillah. So I think what you're asking, Bob, is how is how is that different essentially than um, than than personal supplication? Isn't there already? Uh, 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 right, the opportunity for that personal supplication, uh, attaching it to the Amida, right? So what, what, what would therefore, is, is, is what would be the idea of more personal supplication, more personal tachman, so to speak, when you can insert it in your Shemona Esrei 
and what's essentially the difference between the two. Saying that the Amida is a place to daven for Cholim when you get to Rofei Cholem Lo Yisrael, to maybe, in fact, take a little bit of a side turn and talk about the Averis that you definitely want Shuva for, or other things. But there's something essentially different about what we call Tachnun, or Nefilas Hapayim, that Samachal is of a different stripe. And that's really what I want to, I really want to explore. Because it's there, and I, I, I think in many ways, um, we, what, what it is, Richard, is that it's not an appendation to an existing tefillah. It's almost like, here is the tefillah for refuah. Okay, now say the nusach, and here's where you can insert your chola. Here's where you can insert what you want. Whereas the tachnun, at least the way it was even originally introduced to the Morris and Brochus, talk about the various uh, Amaroyim and Tanoyim, some I mean, Amaroyim, who these, is, these are what they said, Bosser de Messiah Tzluse. These were the, the statements that they made, the Tfilas that they made, even the Lakai Nitzar, which, and again, we'll talk about that because it's, it's, it's unusual that it was, it's, it's printed in the Talmud as the individual prayer of, of an Amorah. And, and we know, and again, you can already see, it's got a structure all its own. It's got, it's got an emphasis that's different, right? It, it allows a certain uh, amount. Again, that Amorah invented that. He didn't have to get it approved by the grand prayer committee of the Anshe Knesset, right? And, and I think we can see that there's something about about doing about a total structure that is yours, that is your, it's what you want to say, the way you want to say it. And you, you almost have to wonder, even th those Gemaras, isn't it weird that they said the same? I mean, human beings change. They said the same tefillos every day? Like after every davening of theirs? They, in other words, I, I understand it might've come out of some sort of spontaneous uh, issues that were happening and they, 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 they crafted it together. But then it sort of like becomes calcified. And we incredibly have, have taken these private supplications and what, what have we done to them? We've, we've calcified them further by, by, by insisting that this is what tefillah becomes. And I think this is really, in, in the case of the Thursday situation. In other words, if there's Seder tefillah, okay, Seder tefillah, we, we cancel whatever you were saying in Kaddish and go and do your Seder tefillah. Is it Seder Atfilah or is it an option that, that, that is, that is provided for us? But it doesn't become part of the, of the, uh, of the solidified uh, Seder Atfilah with these specific words. I think this is really my question. So I go back to the Rambam as sort of a, a framing device to start. Uh, there are eight things that the Mispalil has to be careful about, and he should definitely try to do them. That 
that these things should be part of the davening. But we understand that if the situation was difficult, definitely if you weren't able to, or you just didn't do that, you don't have to say, oh, your davening didn't count. One of them is doing it standing up. Okay? Anyone that's been on an airplane knows what we're talking about. The other is right? towards the Beis HaMikdosh. Sometimes you're not sure. Right? Sometimes they build the shul for some, they have some reason, and we know there's shuls here, even in the city I live in, in the shul that I daven in most of my time, the, 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 uh, the Aron is not facing in a direction that would lead me to the Beis HaMikdosh. Right? The other is Tikkun Aguf. In other words, what, how my body should be, what I should be holding and not holding. Tikkun HaMalbushim, the type of clothing that I'm wearing. Tikkun amoko, I'm standing in a place where there isn't a sense of fear or anxiety. Hashvoyas akol, I'm davening in a way that I can hear myself. I can whisper to myself that I hear it, but it isn't just in my mind. Okay. Those six, I'm not going to talk about. We can have other shiurim about that. I want to zero in on the last two. One is really sets the table for the last one. And the seventh and eighth ones are Kriya and Shtachavoya. Okay. So these are part of Tfila. Kriya is part of Tfila. Kriya. What, is, what does that mean? We're not talking with a kuf, with a kaf. So what does that mean, Kriya? So the Rambam says, in other words, five times the body should bow. The brocharishona, and the hodah, So that is at the beginning of Mogen Avos, at the end of Mogen Avos, at the beginning of what we call Modim, and at the end, because that's the end of that brocha. Those are the four bendings. But then there's bending number five, okay? What is bending number five? You also bend your body down, your spinal cord, you bend it down. And as you're bending, and now you're ready to move your body while it's bent. As he's still bent, no sing shalom so you, in a way, bow, bent and bow, and move your head in a way as if you are like nodding in the oriental fashion to your left and then to your right. But you're bent the whole time. Uh, parenthetically, most people do not do this. All right? Take a look, even in shuls, in yeshivisha, shuls, most people do not keep their body bent while they are back and doing this uh, bowing. Again, I have to tell you that it is etched in my memory and will always be, because I dive in, in, the, in Memphis, Bob, with Ravnota Greenblatt. And Ravnota Greenblatt always was, when you saw him leave his Amida, you saw the like the def this defined exactly this way going backwards and you could tell 
how he was so careful to keep his body bent. And this he did till he was very, very old. He was able to, it was, it was almost like about, it was like Barishnikov, almost. You know, they just like, they just like, you know, bounce their way out back and forth and they just bang, you know, shake their head a little this way, shake their little that way. They're not in the state of Kofresh Yud Ayin Hey, in the state of Kriya. And not that way. Okay. Um, and as he says over here, a head yo, the Kohen Gadol does it in every bracha. And as Richard points out, a king, because he needs to show such great humility, and like Richard is assuming that a Talmud Kochum, like Ravnath and others, even had to show more because of the recognition of where they had been. And so I think what you're trying to sort of say, Richard, a sort of a limitzchus, as we would say, a sort of justification, but not really for those that aren't so learned and don't really feel that closeness. So therefore, they don't really, you know, they don't really know how to remove themselves from the presence of God. But here's the point. He says, and then you know, he says how it has to be, how that bending has to be, and how it has to be is really to the point that you are that that you can almost feel the cracks in your spinal column, and that right, and it almost looks your body could be the shape of a of, of a bow because of how your head is bent and 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 the curvature of your back resembles a bow. Um and he in fact says you could even go further. He says, he says, if you can't do that, he says, if you can't bend down, and I cannot, but if you can't bend that far, you should at least see your atzmo. You should do it to a point that you can feel, oh, that's a little bit painful what that is. And it looks like you're doing your best. Oh, the Rambam says, okay, that's all right. Richard, I don't believe that most people even do that, but okay. And then the Ram goes to the next halacha. After she rosho after he has been in this state of bowing to the king, and he picks his head up, he then sits down, and now he puts his face into the ground. And here's the diuk in the Rambam. And now it's time to be mischanen. Now it's time to sort of beg, to supplicate God in all the tachnunim that you would want. And you could actually say whatever you want. You go straight from tefillah. As you put your head up, you then immediately sit down. And then you put your head into the ground. And why? Because the Kriya was using your knees, bending your knees. Now, what is that next stage? So he says, he happens, the Rambam says, and he's going to say, he says, there, he's seen two ways of doing it. He says, Yesh Mishu Osu Keda, Yesh Mishu Osu Akida, Yesh Mishu Osu Eshtachavaya. The Philosophine can either be some sort of I've sat down and I can actually now bend in a sitting position, not a standing position. So I'm, it's not so much my knees because I'm already sitting. So I'm actually using, I guess, my torso, the strength of my torso and my neck to put my face into the ground. That's one thing you can do. The second thing you can do is 
hishtachavoya, which is I, I sit and then I push out my hands and I push out my legs. And we know this position, of course, from the Arabs. And the Rambam says both of these ways are have ways that people do nefilas apaya. Because either way, the face is not sitting up. You are, you're sitting up and then the feels of is it's now going someplace else. All right. The Rambam adds a stipulation based on the Gemara. <laughs> Which sort of like undercuts what he just said. In other words, if you're an Adam Choshev and you have what to daven for, then you shouldn't do it unless you know that you are like Yoshua ben Nun himself. So what should you do? And the reason is, is because the Rashi says, because otherwise people will say, hey, look how hard this guy davened and he still has this illness in his house. It, look, he still got his house taken away. He still had these things. So what, 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 what you do when you, when you exercise such a dramatic fashion of prayer with your body, is that you give rise to people who are looking around and saying, well, did his prayers get answered? So what you should do instead is So you basically put your face down, but don't put it all straight into the ground. Now the Raivad on the Rambam says, he says, the Rambam didn't seem to know the Yerushalmi. He says, this is only if you are the representative of the tzivor. In other words, the Rambam is saying none of us should put our face in the ground if, if we aren't. In other words, if you're a, if, if you're a Talmud Chacham and an Adam Choshev, you shouldn't be doing this because people are going to be checking you out and seeing if your individual prayers are answered. The Rambam says that's not the pshat. The pshat is if you represent the community and you're down with the community. But the Rambam would would say that a regular person who's davening for himself, yeah. Put your face totally in the ground. Give your cry your heart out. Say what you want to say. So this whole hanhag, according to the Raiva that we have of not falling on our face and just like leaning down, as you see me doing here, that's not Fulhilchas, according to the Raiva. That's only said by someone who represents the community's davening for the sake of the community. That's just says that that we don't do this activity on Shabbos and Moed, and not on Rosh Hashanah, and not on Rosh Chodesh, and not on Chanukah Purim, and not on Mincha. But he says, there are Yechidim that do this at Mariv. There are people who even at night will do this. And he says, on Yom Kippur, Bilvad, no flin al peneyem b'chol tefillah v'tefillah. In Yom Kippur, we should do nefilas apayim in every davening. Something that I don't think we do. Maybe there are certain communities that follow the Rambam somewhere. But now we have an idea of tachnun or nefilas apayim on Yom Kippur. And the reason is, is because everybody's got something individually to ask for. Because he says it's Yom Tchina. Yom Kippur is supposed to have private time. Not just the Asham news. Not just the chatoya, but there's times to, this is when your, your faith is being sealed. 
every one of those five tefillos, the Rambam says, should have nefilas apayin. Because if it's a day of trina, it's a day of bakosha, then, then those two go together. The body language. In other words, the Shemona Esrei is I'm standing and I'm saying the words that were written out for me by the greatest of our rabbis, sages, and prophets. But Nefilas Apayim is your private world. It's your private place. What you want to say. And, 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 and you're crying. You've got your face in the ground. This is, this is, this is not what we would call normal Tfila. It's Tchina. It's Bakarsha. Avchayim Kanievsky, Zeichet Tzadik, Bekodesh Levrocha, wrote his notes on the Rambam that are printed up in the Sefer Kiryas Melech. <laughs> and he says, it's clear what the Rambam said, that you use any of the tefillahs that you want. And he says, look in the Gemara, he quotes the Gemara in Tainus, the Gemara in Kedushan, the Gemara in Bava Metzia, the Gemara in Sota. Now the Gemara in Bava Metzia, I am very familiar with. That is the Gemara that talks about Rebeliezer ben Hurkanus, Rebeliezer Hagado, that we know was put into Cheirev, right? We know that he was, well, if it was a Shamta, Nidu, a Cheirev, there's a whole discussion about how severe the excommunication or whatever it was, the distancing that was done to this man. Now, Rebeliezer ben Hurkanus, the Gemara says, uh, his wife, would never allow him to be noifel alponov, to engage in this private prayer. She always tried to, to stop him. Why? Because the Gemara says he would let out his pain of being an excommunicated person. And unfortunately, the, the person the, who, 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 who decreed the excommunication Although Rabbi Yeshua was the one who argued with God and said, stop doing these miracles, the leader of the Sanhedrin, Rabbi Gamliel, who, surprise, was his brother-in-law, was the one who sort of signed or decreed the excommunication orders against Rabbi Yezer ben Hurkanus. And her name was Ima Shalom, and she was afraid that if she let her husband say Tachman, that what would come out would be his frustration, his pain, the hurt. And she tried to stop him. She had all these different things. Oh, so there was one day where um, she it was Rosh Chodesh, or she told him it was Rosh Chodesh and it wasn't, or it might be. And the Gemara says that she didn't get there in time. And he, he, he didn't realize that it wasn't Rosh and he said the Tachnun, and at that moment, the brother-in-law died. The great Nasi of Kali Yisrael and Gamliel died. So Chaim Kanievsky says, you see from this Gemara the, what the Rambam says. <laughs> Otherwise, how could Rebelezer ben Horkinus' Tachnun somehow affect his brother-in-law? So it must be that Tachnun originally was Bekol Tachnunim Shayirza. And again, you know, it's great when we have Rechaim Kanievsky, Baruch Hashem, you see how much we are missing him, as he's able to bring such a simple source for this. 
Now, Rav Chaim Kanievsky also mentions over here that, that this idea that we do not do tachnun on certain days, Rav Chaim Kanievsky mentions that it's tshuvas ha-ga'onim. The ga'onim are the ones who came up with this, and he quotes where? In, in the, uh, the, the Sefer Otsar Ha-Ga'onim, which is a collection of gonic material. And the ga'onim wrote that we don't do nefilas apayim on Erev Rosh Chodesh Mincha, and on Erev Yontif, and on Erev Shabbos. They also wrote that, that we don't say Tachnun on Purim also comes from the Gaonim as well. The fact that we don't do Tachnun at all on Shabbos, once again, who is Rechaim Kanyeski tell us the Ramam is based on? Rapsad Yagom. So the Gaonim in many ways at least gave us limitations on this. So we here we already see the Gaonim's fingerprints about this, that it sounded like Tachnun um, was going on uh, every, everywhere, and the Gaonim started to limit it. What else do we see? We also see that on Yom Kippur, that you do Tachnun every Tefillah. Where did that come from? So Rav Chaim was looking for it, and he said, well, I found in the Siddur of Amram Gaon. Now, you can see here, there are two Siddur mentioned by Rav Chaim. One is called the Siddur of Amram Gaon. One is the Siddur of Sadia Gaon. Sadia was obviously later than Rav Amram. Sadia was, uh, was, was, was uh, uh, 10th century. Amram was about 120-something years earlier than that. Both of them, however, were crucial in the history of Gaonic literature because they produced Sidurim. They produced halachos of how to daven, and they also, also in their Sidurim, wrote down those parts of davening that were not so well known, that people needed a Sidur for or a Machser for. They needed that to, to be able to have it. So these two works are very important. We've mentioned, of course, the Shiltos, we've mentioned the Mahag, we've mentioned Chuvas of various Gaonim, but I think it's important that we that we that we talk about the significance of the Sidurim of the Gaonim and how, how influential they were, the Sidur of Amram and the Sidur of Rav Sadia. And in both of those places, we find, as Rav Chaim is telling us, the uh, source for uh, the Rambam's a description of how Tachnun is limited and it's Zion of, of, of Hilchus Tefillah talks about an individual who doesn't have the benefit of a minion. And the Rambam, it's a strange little parak because it's hard to find the unifying theme of Perik Zion of Hilchus Tefillah, but I think I know what it is. I think the Rambam is talking about someone who doesn't have a tzibur, but yet can still fulfill saying a hundred brachas each day. And the Rambam mentions that, what does that individual do? Even without a minion, you're in COVID and you don't have the Zoom minion or the Zoom minion is not sufficient. What do you do? You wake up in the morning, you, you do all these brachos, the brachos hashachar, and the Rambam says you say these zemiros and you give the bracha lifneyem l'achareyem. Okay. And then you say Shema. Remember, there's no Baruch here. 
because you're an individual. So you say Baruch Shamar, you say the Tehillim of Zmiros, you say Yishtabach, that's the Bracha Chreya, and then you say Shema, and then you do the Bracha before and you do the Shema, the Bracha before and after. But if you're davening the Yechidus, the Rambam Paskins, you can't say the Kedusha. You can't say, you don't say that. The Rambam says, you, even though you're just sort of parroting what the Malachim are saying, we know that's meant for a tzibur. A Yochid doesn't say Kedusha. Okay? Also, even though you're all by yourself, you say Ga'al Yisrael, you go straight into your Shemona Esrei. Now, once your Shemona Esrei is finished, you don't have a minion. What should you do? Well, as we already know from Aloha Hey, it's time for Hishtachavoya. So, what do you do? So, look at this Rambam. Hishiyashlin Yeshaviyipo Alpanov, Umishane. And like we said, whatever is your pain, whatever is hurting you, whatever you need to talk about God, in, not in a structured way, in what you really feel, in what you really want to say, and beg, then what do you do? Magbiya Rosho. Sit up. Get your head out of the ground. Pick your head up. Umischane ma'at. Do less. So listen to what I'm saying now. The tachnun has different levels. There's tchina number one, and Trina number two. Trina number one is on the ground, facing the ground, tears coming out of your mouth, of your eyes, wailing, and you just say what you want. But that should stop. There needs to be an end to that. Sit up. Okay, a little bit of Trina now, Ma'at, while you're sitting. Now, we, now the Rambam says there's a third level of Trina. When is that? That is after you do your Tehillah Ladah, called the Volitzion paragraph. There's more Trina. That's the third Trina. Now, I am going to prove to you that each one is meant to reflect a different mind, a little bit of a different mindset and attitude. And one is like, I'm shattered and broken, and I need you, and, 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 and you really let it out. That's Trina number one. But it's important, and where the Rambam gets this, we'll see, that you need to then adjust, and then you do less. It's got to be less than what you did before. And then you have a third one where it has a different flavor. And I would like again to, and I'm going to prove it to you, that the quality or the aspect of what you say is different. One is, one is uh, the first part is, is, is pleading to a, a point where you think you are basically unable to, to survive. The second is more um, uh, with a sense of strength and possibility. And the third is a trina, but is much more of a vision of, of, of some sort of utopian future that you expect to be living in soon. Those are the three aspects of, of, of trina. Only one has hishtachavoya with it. 
that has to start you out. Dishtach Avoya, with its with its aggressive demands on the body that goes together with the, the intense pain and hurt that need to be said. And then you're going out of Ishtach Avoya. You're sitting up. You're on the ground, but your face is pulled up. And then you have the third one, which possibly you're sitting for, but you're in a different place. Um, when it comes to Mincha, a Yochidavning Mincha, the Rambam again says that you're noifla ponavu mischanein. And that I think means a whole Megillah's worth of pain. And then pick your head up, viyaschanin kefi kocho. A little bit different than he said over here where he says ma'at. But it's definitely, you see the two levels at mincha as well. And then go and do what you need to do. Go, go to the rest of your life. Now, when it comes to Mariv, the Rambam says an interesting thing, which I don't think people do. I end up doing it often because I, I sometimes have some points like today that I need to take care of. But you can see over here, when you're finished with Mariv, sit for a minute. Don't just say, okay, Mariv's over, let's go. And then he says, if you can do trina, maybe not with your head in the ground, because in this way, it's you, you've in a certain sense given some significance to this mariv by being mischane. Okay, that is all of the individual. To just confirm this, then the Rambam in Allah Perektes talks about a seaboard and here the Rambam says it very clearly that after you, the Chazan finishes the tefillah, he sits and he does nefillah sapayim. Now here the Rambam sounds like everyone is mat and ma'at because the assumption is every Chazan is an Odom Choshev. So he doesn't have to really put his face in the ground. But then he says the whole tzibur follows him. And he does trina while he's in a state of his face in the ground, along with the tzibur. Then he sits up, picks up his head. Everyone else sits and picks up their head. Once again, mischane ma'at. But look at the Rambam adds here, bikol rum. So stage two, you lift your voice up. It's more like everyone is saying something. Stage one, it's not kol rum. Stage one, it might be tears. It might be whispers. Stage two, where, you're, where you've actually started to sit up, that's where it's kol rum. And, but everybody's still sitting. Then we have the, we stand up, we say that Kaddish after Tachnan, that we call it. Then you have, you say Rachum, which we say is part of Uvalotzion. The chazan stands, they can sit. Then he says, afterwards, once again, he says, after the they say the Kedusha the Sidra out loud, because it said Kutzibur, the Rambam says this is called Kedusha the Sidra. After Kedusha the Sidra, after your Mishanein Bidivre Tachnunim and Psukim. It's not just I'm in pain. 
but you actually strengthen yourself in stage three by using psukim from the Torah, psuke rachamin, psukim that, that show that God is has compassion and loves us. That's stage three of chinun. Now, it's, it's very interesting. This was a halacha that we dealt with in our shiurim in previous years about the Rambam and Ramban. It now takes on, we've seen this Rambam before, I'm going to read it again, but when you read it in context, it really uh, rings a whole different bell. In other words, as part of your tachnunim, which you have the right to make them individualistic, you're the chazan, you're the leader, and you and, and we hear you, right? Where do we hear you? Well, we hear you as we see in stage two, and we can also hear you in stage three. In stage one, I guess we don't hear you, but in stage two and three, we hear you. And what do you say? You say, Sipur, the one God. Now that you come up with your own invention. The same God who gave this mitzvah, so we quieted it. And we know what that is. We've talked about why the mitzvahs have a reason, they don't have a reason. That's the other shear. Today's shear is that you have the right, in other words, this one is a bad one because people were invented. If this is what the type of thing you invent, we shut you down. But this, but this is a tefillah. Either you heard it somewhere else, you borrowed it, you invented it, you think you heard it from somebody who, who thought it was true. No, we don't like it. Also, if you decide, again, you're not going to do that in the normal Shemona Esrei Chazar Sashats, right? But you're going to say, okay, stop doing that. Right? The Rambam doesn't say this in Hilchus regular davening, but in your tachnum, where you where people might go off the rails a little bit, right? And they're going to start starting. They're, they're going to appeal to God. And okay, you could say, "Oh God, you I know you love us. Oh God, please show your love." But don't start piling on names. To uh, there's a part of the Rambam safer that many people ignore, and don't do enough research on, and that is the end. Um, that is the end of the Sefer Ava. The Rambam brings the Nusach HaTfilah that he is familiar with. So in other words, if you don't have a Siddur, take out a Chelik of the take out a Rambam, and you'll find most of the Siddur printed in there. So the Rambam here says an interesting uh, point. The Rambam says that Kaddish is meant to be like the bread of a sandwich. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to begin every tefillah and it's supposed to end every tefillah. Now, this is, a, it sounds simple to us, but many Rishonim disagreed with the Rambam. They felt Kaddish was only a response to something that had already been said. The Rambam doesn't say that. The Rambam says Kaddish is a way to ready everyone to start davening, to get everybody together. And you say it before every davening and at the end of every davening. And after you do Seder Hayom, which is what the Rambam calls Seder of Kedusha, what we call Uvalitzion, the Psukim of Kedusha there, the Psukim of the Tasiani Ruach of Kodosh, 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 Hashem Yimloch Ve'elam Vo'ed, you're supposed to say a Kaddish. 
And he says, Bakol Eshayom or Seder Ayom, Yishane Ma'at. So Seder Ayom, with its description of God's holiness, description of, of a learning, description of God's being king, needs to be followed, the Rabbim says, with Tchina and a Kaddish. When you finish reading the Torah, Kaddish. This Rambam, I've never heard anyone point out before. And, I, and again, I'm sure someone speaks about it. But to me, this is a novel Rambam. For some reason, you decide to get people together and they decide to say Tachnunim of their own. Not from the Siddur, but they want to be Mishaning to God. When the Tachnun is over, you say Kaddish. Not, again, it's not from the sitter, it's your tachnunim. If you are being mischanen, and, and you've decided that you need, we need to come and pray, and we need to beg God for something, it's now time to say Kaddish after that. Okay. Now, then the Rambam says, our minag is to say tachnun three times, and using different psukim. Again, in, in, in Hilchas Tefillah, he says, say what you want. But the minag has calcified. The halacha, the pure halacha is, the way Chazal made it, was you can say what you want. However, the minag, by the time the Rambam writes this, in the 12th century is, it's become, in a way, it's become uh, specific using certain phrases and certain psukim. Look what he says here. I'm going to be Medayik in the Rambam. Meaning this language has now become standard and to use these psukim. Now, sometimes people I've seen use all these words and all these psukim and sometimes it's less. So here is the, the tachnon of Nefila Sapayim. Because this is the reason I'm doing this, because we have no tzidkos, right? It's your Rahmanis. we're not worth anything. Listen to us. Please forgive us. Listen, because what can we say? What can we say? Our Averis are so bad. Vidui comes here, not later. You're right. All we can be is embarrassed. Our faces are black because of our sins. We have we have Look at the way my body is. I've bent it down into the ground. But you know why? It's not just it's not just I decided to become Barishnikov. I didn't just decide to bend my body. It's my sins that have bent it. I can't say anything to you. I can't pick up my head. I can't even pick up my face because you know why I can't pick up my face? Because my sins are so terrible. My sins are so great. I, I've done nothing. Do tzedakah to us. Save us. And I know you you did say in your VM that you will do something that in a way you're not going to be so angry at us. You're not going to destroy us. But this is what you have to do. Maybe think about the Beis Amitkosh, your name, not the Beis think about your name that's Mechulo. And therefore, don't let the Goyim say how terrible we are, etc. Listen to us, etc. So that's pretty, pretty intense. 
Now we come to stage two of Tachnun. Sit up. Oh, you got your face up. Say, I don't know what we're going to do, but remember God. Do you remember your Rachmanus? We're not mentioning how bad we are. We're not mentioning how terrible our chatoyim are. We're not mentioning how our body is just, a, uh, is just an image of how downtrodden and how our lives are a shambles. Remember God. Don't remember, don't, don't remember our old Averis. Come on, get that Rachmanus going. Redeem us. Your Rachmanus is there. We know your tzlich is what we need. You know who we are. You know that we're just up for. Come on. So this is obviously a more positive level. That's the level two. Now we get to level three that we're supposed to be saying after Ovovitzion. Look at this. You're going to put our hearts to you. You're going to get rid of the Avera. Because how good you are. You love all of us. Your Torah is true. There's no one like you who will give, who, who will do, who gives Slicha. Our Averas are going to be, are going to be pushed down. Right? We're so blessed you created us. You created us. We're not like those Goyim. You gave us the Torah. You're going to give our hearts to Torah and we're going to have love and fear to do what you want. We're not going to just toil for no reason. We're not just going to give birth and just in a state of confusion. We don't know what's going on. God, let us keep your mitzvahs. Let us get to the Mashiach. So I think the Rambam has looking at this part of the Rambam that most people ignore, the Seder HaTfila really deepens and really explains completely the three levels of the way that Tchina is and how the Psukim are being used. Yes, there is a similarity to all three as being Tchina, but as you can see clearly from this Rambam, they, they represent different stages. You can't really go to stage three before you go to stage one and stage two. And I think this is really something that, again, where was this something that developed these psukim specifically by the Gaonim and when and where? Again, I think this really just, I just want to reset the table as we open up again, I think an area that, that we, as unfortunately, I think <laughs> not understood enough. And I think we will, we will deepen and will strengthen ourselves and, and get us ready, of course, as we approach uh, the next couple of weeks, uh, especially as we get to uh, Yemei El. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.